From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. Today is Friday, August 31st. Derby, Vermont, and Stansted, Quebec have historically been tight-knit communities despite the international line between them. But heightened border security over the past few months has been frustrating residents and driving the two towns further apart. So, yeah, you were just telling, talking to me, Louise, you told me before, <laughs> how you feel. Recently, I, I kind of accessed the feelings that I'm, I'm ashamed. You know, like, I, I feel like the second-class citizen that Jan talks about in other places, but now I'm, I'm realizing that my feeling is shame when I go under the canopy and I've waited. Yeah, you get violated every time you I go under like there. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a, like I've been mm-hmm. violated. Yep. That's very interesting. I waited yesterday, Pat. Yeah. Mm. And, and you we, sit there and you kind of figure out, like, what is this feeling? And every time we leave the street, we are suspect. Right? Yeah. We are yeah. suspect. Yeah. Once you're in the town of Derby and you're kind of heading north towards the border, there's this one side road, BB Plain Road, which brings you into this little village. And as you're driving into this um, quaint little village, it's not too many homes very quickly you see that you're in a border area. When I was out there just for my reporting, I was driving down, all of a sudden I had to pull over and stop. Because the border station, you come up this hill and the border station is right in front of you. You can't miss it. And you can't miss it. Alexander Silberman has been reporting from Derby. The street's pretty interesting because it's not very evident that it's an international street. It looks pretty much just like any other neighborhood street you'd see in a Vermont town. There's houses on both sides of the street. Um, There's a sidewalk on the Canadian side of the street. And there's steady back and forth traffic. And really the only indication that the street is in two countries is uh, the odd American flag on the American side in Derby and the Canadian flags on the Canadian side. And there's also these little banners attached to the light posts with maple leaves and, and with a little American design saying Canusa. Canada, USA Avenue. How many houses are we talking about? On the American side, there's about 14 houses. And the border is like right down the middle of the road. It starts a little bit more on the Canadian side, up against the sidewalk, and gradually cuts into the U.S. side. So for the last of the 14 American homes, most of the street is in Canada at that point, And they can only advance so far into the road off their house before they're in Canada. Oh God! When I was a kid, there was like there was no border existed. I mean, my best my best friend is growing up lived in that house across the street. So we were back and forth across that street hundred times a day. You know, he was over here, I was over there, and we used to ride bicycles all around the Canadian side there, down all over the place. You know, I mean, it was free range because nobody gave a rats back then, which is what it still should be, as far as I'm concerned. From talking to residents, over time there's been gradually more and more changes and more and more security along the border. And this latest change has residents really riled up, particularly on Canusa Avenue, where it's impacting their, their back and forth movement and their, their way of life. So residents on Canusa Avenue, since they're on this unique international street, actually have to go by a U.S. Customs and Border Protection a port of entry on their way to accessing their homes. This port of entry is located on the side of a street. And before, historically, there was space right next to the station. The street was wide open, and they could just drive around the the border protection station. 
um, on their way into their homes. And then on the way back, they could just drive around, just wave at the customs officer. The officers always knew the residents on Canusa and just go back to their homes. But now they've, border protection is telling me that they've had issues with people running the border, illegally trying to enter the U.S., just barreling through in vehicles. And so in response to that, they've added a new hydraulic barricade next to the building. And residents are telling me that this is kind of the tipping point for them, where over time, as border security has gone up and up, it's been making it more and more difficult for them to just go back and forth between their homes, to go into Derby, to work, or to buy a gallon of milk at the store. And now this is just the the latest thing. For them, it's really the tipping point where they've had enough. They want something to be done. They're ready to walk away from their homes if there isn't a solution for this. Tell me about some of the people you talked to up there. One woman I spoke with, her name is Janice Beadle. She works in Newport as a cashier at a grocery store, and she's been living on and off on Canusa for about 10 years. Hello, you're in my backyard on Canusa Avenue. Right across the street is Canada. It's a very unique situation that we have here. And she was just frustrated with the freedom of movement aspect of this, how it's disrupting her way of life. And so I just feel um, our civil rights as far as freedom of movement don't pertain to us, and there are a couple of Vermont laws that do not pertain to us. It's a beautiful street, and I love living here, but I don't feel, and a lot of the people on this street don't feel that we have been treated fairly. We've never really been warned about any changes they're going to be doing, so we've really never had a chance to voice our opinions before they make a change. Sometimes um, she's late for work, she was telling me, because there's a lineup at the border blocking her from going through. The residents kept on telling me that long lines on Canadian holidays make it really difficult for them to cross the border, and sometimes even block them from coming out of their driveways. That's that's one thing Janice was mentioning to me. Because the cars waiting at the station are so backed up, they're all the way down Canusa yep, Ave. They're so backed up, they're all the way down Canusa Ave, cutting off these these driveways. I don't know wow. if that's Brian's there was a line of traffic or something. Remember, she was having two walk the kids over to the post office so their parents okay, could pick them Okay, that's the one you're talking about. A school bus that drops kids off at her daycare late in the afternoon could not come up the hill because of the line of traffic. Yeah, it's 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 just definitely hmm. weird stuff. So the school bus can't always come in? Uh, it could not that day. Not that day. Not that day. And, and, uh, and that was because of the backups. Yeah. You know, there's no provision for us to be able to bypass. Yeah. But for someone like that who has a daycare business, you know, you have parents coming to pick up their kids who probably have to be somewhere else in a half an hour if they have more kids and this and that. I also chatted with Brian Smith. He's the state representative for that area. I lived in Derby growing up. I came back from one of the local establishments on the other side of the border, and I had to wake the guy up at customs on Main Street and Derby Line. The guy was all alone sleeping. You won't see one person alone in in a border station anymore. And I had to wake the guy up, and he knew me, and he said, okay, Brian, go ahead. Yeah. That was it. He's been working with the residents to kind of hear out their concerns and help facilitate communication with Border Patrol and with the residents and try and find a solution. I also chatted with a fellow named Pat Boivere. He's about 76, and he's been living on Canusa his entire life. He lives in the house where he grew up. And Pat's a really interesting fellow. He's very reflective of the historic past and the historic ties of those two communities where his father was actually Canadian, 
married an American and moved over onto the American side of Canusa in this white clapboard house right on the road with an American flag out in front. And he told me as a kid, his best friend lived directly across the street from that house where he still lives today. And it was as if the border wasn't there. He'd just cross back and forth about tens of times a day. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, it was essentially non-existent, the border. And so this is all, all this shit happened since 9-11. That's, you know, and then of course they went nuts. And it's been nuts ever since. And it only seems to get worse. Because, uh, I mean, we're practically prisoners on this friggin' street. Because you can't, you know, if there's lines of traffic going one way or the other, you can't get out of the place hardly. Do you feel you're even part of the U.S., really? I mean, the fact that you have to go through customs just to leave your home to come to Well, <laughs> yeah, we're kind of, yeah, we're kind of like aliens, I guess, in a way. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to go down there and report if you, you're just coming from home, you know. So it's, I also spoke with Louise Poivre, the wife of Pat. She also had an interesting perspective on this. She was telling me how she cuts through the backyards of um, some of her fellow neighbors as a workaround to kind of get into the village if she wants to go to the post office without having to report at the U.S. Port of Entry. It is a unique deal. I don't go under the canopy. I cut across the yards. And I heard yeah, they wanted to talk to me. It's like, nope, not talking to you. Because I'm mm-hmm. minding my business. I go out my back door. They don't allow you to I cut do through it. the yard? They don't even go there. No. They, but I, we don't walk behind the customs building, though. No, I don't go around. I'm back of the customs anymore. I cut through the backyard here. Because we can't. Does it work? She was telling me it does. However, when I was chatting with U.S. Customs, they were telling me, they strongly encourage and ask all residents to go through the port of entry because they see somebody just popping out of the brush or popping out of this wooded area a little bit behind their building. They'll wonder, who is this person? Where are they coming from? What's their motive? How did they describe the sort of emotional impact that these new changes were having on them? Well, for a lot of them, living on Canusa Avenue used to be such a unique, really one-of-a-kind experience. Pat Bovere was telling me, Living on Canusa was the coolest thing, he told me. <laughs> it was really, you could almost live in two countries, just going back and forth, and it was such a unique experience. Used to be, used to be pretty neat to live on this street yeah. because it's so unique. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing in the whole country like this. And, uh, oh yeah, that was a big deal, like when I was in college and stuff there, you know, live on Canusa, yeah, Canadian, the Canadian side right across the road and all that. Yeah. So that, was big, that was quite the topic of conversation. But now, God, I wouldn't want anybody to know you live here even because it's such a pain in the neck. But now uh, residents are telling me friends and family don't want to visit. They can't hire people to come work on their homes or paint their houses because they don't want to deal with hassle at the border or potentially being searched by Border Patrol officers. You know, I guess, and they think, you know, these people lived here for all so long. This is just normal for them now. Well, it is. It's not normal. No. Every time I leave the street. And I don't want to invite people to the house to put them through it. It's really disrupted their way of life. And what once was a really unique place where you could experience a really one-of-a-kind way of life is now a problematic place to live. In talking to the folks up there, is there an understanding of why the Border Patrol is doing this? You know, are they tolerant of the need for increased security at, at the same time as recognizing how it's inconveniencing them? They understand the need for security for the most part, 
but they feel they're not necessarily being heard and having their concerns be heard by U.S. Customs and Border Protection. When you absorb, when you're trying to absorb this information, a lot of people just like, they can't, they don't get it. They don't know what we're up to. I think think that's basically the problem with with the damn border twits to begin with, is they got absolutely no idea what goes on here because they don't live here and they don't care. I don't you know, think they, they come here and either. they sniff around and they, oh yeah, 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 we got a problem, but they don't they don't actually um, spend the time to figure out what the hell the problem is, you know, that, and so they just go off and do what they feel like they want to do. And, it, and they don't give a rat. We're not given any consideration whatsoever. No, absolutely not. It's and Jan works, has to get to work on time. I've, we don't like late. being late for church. We don't like being late for appointments because that's just not how we operate. And um, you never know when there's going to be someone there that's holding you up. Yeah. And if they're searching a car yeah, under oh, yeah. the port, then you're stuck for you don't know how long. Okay. And they feel that they shouldn't need to go through this Border Patrol protocol stop under the canopy as they're going into the, the town of Derby. Um, given all the security we have in the 21st century. They feel that there's some sort of technological solution out there that could ease these problems for them. What did the authorities say when you talked to them about what was going on up there? Border Patrol, I spoke with a fellow named Kevin Coy. He's the Assistant Area Port Director for U.S. Customs and Border Protection. And he was telling me about some of the recent security challenges that Border Patrol has had at this port of entry where they've had a number of vehicles attempt to illegally enter the United States just by running the border, by driving across. Um, There was one vehicle that they apprehended all the way down Barton that ran through that border, um, which is quite a way south. And then there was another vehicle which they actually weren't able to stop. They just got away? That just got away. They weren't able to, to end up stopping, and they have no idea where that vehicle is now. And those events kind of precipitated this new barrier and some of these new changes they've been instituting. Yep, that's what Kevin was telling me, that they needed to install some new sort of barrier to prevent vehicles from just barreling across the border. And uh, Kevin was saying that he believes this new barrier will allow for back and forth movement for Canusa residents while balancing the security needs of Border Patrol. Yeah, I'm curious, how do they characterize their relationship with the folks who live on Canusa? Kevin was telling me, um, he kept on stressing that he's very open to communication, talking with residents, hearing out their concerns, that a number of officers live in Derby, they're members of the community, and that they're really committed to working with these residents and trying to find some sort of solution. So what happens next for these people? There's a number of solutions that have been thrown out into the air. None of them have been formally proposed, um, to my knowledge. But there's been a lot of talk around these possibilities. One of them is building a new road or a new street that would be behind these houses um, to allow residents to access their homes without having to go through this port of entry um, kind of international territory, in a sense, so they could avoid Canusa and access their homes from behind. But there's a number of questions with that solution where residents wouldn't be able to access their garages as easily because the entrances are on Canusa. The land behind is owned by um, an individual who may or may not be willing to sell. And the cost of building a new road would be very high as well. Right. Who would even pay for that? Uh, So that's a question I asked, actually, when I was speaking with Kevin Coy of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. 
And he was on the phone as well with me with a spokesperson. And both Kevin and the spokesperson who jumped in said that would fall outside of the purview of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, that that would be up to the town or up to the state, but that would not be a cost U.S. Customs and Border Protection would be willing to absorb. That's interesting because it seems so contradictory to what the residents there characterize as intrusions by Border Patrol. And the argument there, it seems, is often that they have jurisdiction because there's a lot of leeway in how federal authorities get jurisdiction within, I think it's a hundred mile radius of borders. So it's interesting to hear that those two things would kind of be at odds with each other. For sure. Another solution that was thrown out there was a government buyout. A number of residents have told me if they're offered fair market price, they would definitely leave the area to no longer have these issues. And I also brought up that solution with Border Patrol. And that was also another solution that they said they they wouldn't be paying for but it's just you know it's always like okay you know what's next what's yep. next and and uh yeah you know am i really leaving my home in vermont in the u.s <laughs> you know i want to be like everyone else just to be able to hmm, round the corner whatever big picture we're talking about 14 American households here. It's not a lot of people. What's the broader significance of a story like this? I think the broader significance here is it really shows the impacts of security changes over time, where this town is often looked at as the place where you can see the direct human impact of border security changes. As tensions have risen between the United States and Canada recently as border security as mounted. This is really kind of the microcosm of where you can see the impact directly and how this is impacting people. Wow. Well, thanks, Alexander. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. You can find more reporting from the northern border, including video of the BB Plain Crossing and Canusa Avenue at vtdigger.org. The Deeper Dig comes out every week. Search for it and subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. Have a nice weekend. If you're looking for other podcasts about Vermont, check out Before Your Time. It's a podcast about Vermont history that we make with the Vermont Historical Society and the Vermont Humanities Council. This month, we talk to experts about the history of bicycling in Vermont. That was just an amazing period of transformation, and the bicycle played a huge role. It's giving them unprecedented freedom. That feeling of total independence. Being able to take yourself to new places. Now everybody, man and woman, could go out and travel wherever they wanted to. Search for Before Your Time wherever you get your podcasts or listen at btdigger.org.